Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? There's a um, there's a little phrase that kind of rolls off my tongue. I've noticed doing the podcast. It's uh, spiritual progression. Like I kind of throw that out there a lot. Spiritual progression. And recently, I've really kind of started to reflect on what that is and what that means. And I think there's a lot to it. I think um, there's a lot of ways to understand your spiritual progression, but I would just open with, I think, one of the major things that illuminate a, a path of contrast from where I was is the conscience. Um, I think before I kind of thought that conscience was just something inside of us that we use as a guide, as a moral guide, but I never realized that conscious was something that is actually cultivated through your spiritual progression, and I'm starting to learn that as I go these days right now. Yeah, well, that's a hell of a story. Um, I was just doing that Gnostic lesson on 140 that you sent me. And at the yeah. very end, it said the student will experience great progression if you know you follow the, the diet and uh, meditate at, I think it was 10 p.m. and um, dawn in the morning. Dust dawn and I guess 10 p.m. Because it, 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 there, there's two different things you're dealing with though. So there's like, there's like spirituality and, and mystical spirituality, which is the evolution or the expansion of the consciousness. So, like I've said many times, there are many people that are perfectly content with that first awakening in the physical are able to live a calmer, more or less impulsive life, more uh, intact with all their senses, able to just not be overruled by a lot of the worldly influences and just live a, a strong, quiet life. Um, but then there's another avenue that I've discovered with you, and that's the push to mystical in which there's actual progression. There's actual progression of the consciousness here in this place while we're in the physical. And, you know, I'm not sure as far as narrow as the gate, well, you know, the answer to how far you're supposed to push here, you know, I'm, I'm morally, I'm, I'm on the fence, like, is, is this something that everyone should be doing I, I I don't know and but when you talk about spiritual progression to me it boils down to what we've been hitting on like if you want to push outside of that normal spirituality and just live that strong quiet life you've got to change it up your diet has to be extremely drastically changed and your meditation and discipline has to be regimented. You have to switch it up. You have to wake up in the middle of the night. You have to do things that are not comfortable. You, you, the deadly seven, like gluttony is so sneaky. Like, and, and we all know how sneaky like things like lust are. But if you're going from spiritual to mystical and expanding the consciousness, you kind of leave those behind. And in a way, like spirituality, those are still kind of there. You see them, you have somewhat control over them, and you 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 master them in a way. But spiritual to mystical, as far as progression, 
you like leave those in the dust, so to speak. Like they're that's where you're going with this. You're going to a whole t- totally different place where you, you don't even see that anymore. And the progression side is stuff that you just never expected to see. I mean, consciousness in the 5D, that's not something I ever expected to see in my physical body. It's just, you know, awe and wonder to the 10th degree over and over and over and over and over again, you know, to infinity and beyond. You can't, you can't stop the progression if, you know, if the student wants to go, ask and you shall receive. So progression is becoming clear to me as far as what that word actually means, because talk about all the time, like what, should you put yourself on a higher level than someone else? Or like, that's not what we're talking about. Really. It's, it's such a fine line as far as like pedestals and things like that. But spiritual to mystical, there is like this fine line. You, you are on a progression of certain levels, but it's completely experiential and really nothing that you can even say to people that aren't experiencing it. Like, oh, I had that. Look, look, look at that and believe me. It's, it's nothing like that. You know, we talked about how we would tell stories on the podcast when we get to that point. And it's basically, you know, let me tell you a great story. You take it, take it as you want. Yeah. You say like on the fence that, you know, is everybody supposed to jump onto this path? And I would just push back to that a little bit. I mean, I certainly understand what you're saying that this the path isn't for everybody i mean that is clearly understandably true but the my only my only thing i want to say against that is it's just a matter of time at some point everybody's going to have to be on the path it is the only path so as you see like the life situation and the suffering building within the three-dimensional, it's just going to get to a point where there's no other option. I mean, as soon as the hell realm gets to be the literal, you know, pain, suffering, torture, hell realm, there's nowhere else to go. And you got to turn around and start going the other direction. And so I think ultimately everybody's on the path, but you can clearly see, I agree, that there's a lot of people that seem to be in a place where they need to learn more lessons. You know, I think I think the longevity. I have my perspective because of my physical body world. Like it's many many years, so I look back on my. I'm like, well, you found something, but I've been progressing the whole time. But I have this view of like twenty twenty five years, where it's like, well, but if that's what it take took was twenty years. Like I'm looking at it from that glass half full vision, I guess, because I'm looking back the last 20 years and I'm saying, well, spirituality isn't that bad. I, I learned so many things to get to that point. But you, you've said it many times, like, I got the ball rolling. That, or you got the ball rolling. Like, we, we got the ball rolling. So you can't stop those seeds once they start to be planted. And, you know, usually you say, I getting the ball rolling like as a little boy. So those, to look now, when I was 20, I didn't say I was on the road from spirituality to mystical. But I was on the road from spirituality to mystical at 20. My view of it was, you know, from 20 to 40 years old, spirituality was like super grateful because, you know, just like, the simple basic book, The Power of Now. Like Gene suggesting that as a starting point, is an unbelievable starting point for people because those principles, but when you start reading that book and you start to come into spirituality, no matter what level you're on, you're getting the ball rolling, right? So like those seeds are being planted, even you're reading the book, like you start to act, you, you know, and maybe it's the next lifetime, I don't know. But you do make a good point because it's not, 
I sometimes look at it from the view of time space, which I've completely talked against, <laughs> which is time space really has nothing to do with the path. The, you know, I was also reading that lesson too. Is like, if wherever you're at now, just as far as karma and like the bad things you've done, multiply that times however many times you've you've lived and you were not like some guru three lives ago it's still the same path like we're here at the precipice um living out that karmic cycle on the path just right now it seems like this one is the progression highway that we're on but it really has nothing to do with I was on that path the day I started to plant the whole my seed. Right. And I think that's what I wanted to kind of dive into because like the path of progression, again, I mean, there it is rolling off, rolling off our thoughts or rolling off our tongue, but like there, it's a tangible thing. It's a, it's a tangible path. And I think the, one of the ways to, clearly understand it as such is to do some reflection on the movement of your conscience and I can see that now clearly and basically what you're understanding is the conscience is not a is not a static thing it's a thing that's dynamically growing with you it's gaining ground against your justifications and against all the crap in your head. I mean, that's why I try to explain like why I can't drink anymore. It's not like I, I can actually take the glass, I can put it to my lips, but what happens is the voice in my head that's asking the question, what is this doing to your consciousness, overrides the justifications. So out of everything that's going on in my head, like that's the thing I hear loudest. What is this doing to your consciousness? Before, it would have been something like, it was a long week, you've earned it. <laughs> it was a long week, you earned it. That's a good one. Earned, you know, earned, when you said that, something, um, it earned just gave me the mental visual visualization as the equal meaning to deserved. Yes. Yes. You're you're explaining to yourself through justification what you deserve. And earned is a very powerful verb for that. Because it's because it's true. Like that's that's what the same thing about when you deserved like your anger makes a lot of sense like you can't intellectually talk yourself out of that anger if somebody completely walks all over you like that anger is real and they do deserve it if you look at it in that intellectual sense and that's the same thing as happening with earned i mean if you work a 50 hour work week that totally like kicks your butt and it's Friday night and you've got the week. Like, you have earned it. You've earned it. Like, that, 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 if you stay in that mental understanding, that contemplation, I mean, all that stuff clicks into place and makes perfect sense. That's why people are, are stuck in that, that ego train because there's, there's no, there's no way to justify yourself out of that. What I'm talking about with spiritual progression is there it's a it starts out it's a quieter voice when you start and you you might have heard it before like three drinks in you might start saying like what am I doing to myself this is going to hurt tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like something along those lines, but now I I see it right away. Like what is this doing to your consciousness? And that question is is louder than my proclamation of, I've earned it. It's like reversing, 
Like there is actual progression that's going on in my being. And then it's just up to me to start having those quiet moments of clarity, those quiet moments of consciousness, and I don't really have to do anything. Like the conscience rings through, rings through the madness. It doesn't require me to like search for like what's right and wrong. All it requires me to do is take a moment and like you said the other day where it's like just take moments in your day and just stand still for a minute. Like you're not doing anything. It's crazy because Osho, we've been saying reception and projection and Osho uses two more terms that might just help people understand it even better. He says action and non-action. And I think that's a great way to understand it, too. I mean, the more ways you can wrap your head around whatever this concept is, the better. But it's just that non-action, in a state of non-action, what rises is the conscience with whatever the environment is putting forth in the life situation. And the conscience is responding without effort and loudly. Yeah, I have an extreme example on the news this morning before I came up. I was drinking a cup of coffee and the lady hit her pregnancy and she had the baby in her car. She put the baby alive in a bag and dumped it in the woods and they just found the baby alive. And no one can figure out why the mother hid the baby and tried to discard the baby. And when you look at it from a consciousness standpoint, there's, and I'm really progressed as far as situations like that, because I, I know that's graphic. That's a God awful thing to see. But when you look at it from the standpoint of consciousness and you look at things on the news like that, you, it's, it's almost like a surreal stand back. Like you see all these awful things going on in the world and, you wonder what kind of attacks they are on consciousness and what what the motive is because obviously that woman is disturbed in her mind but it's also an attack on everyone else it's an attack on any anytime you have a mass shooting it's an attack on everyone else it's attack on consciousness it's attack on trying to getting you to react what happens if we have a shooting and nobody reacts at all and nobody, re there's no action, just like Osho said, nobody reacts with emotion and anger the next time that happens. What happens? How do we solve the problem? But everybody reacts. Everybody gets on the TV, like the politicians, it's like they want to show anger because it's right in their intellectual mind. It's right to show anger for their voters because they want to stop this. They want to show the emotion of anger. Because it deserves that emotion. But we're all reacting, which is perpetuating the cycle. We're perpetuating. And in the, in the matrix, the expectation is you need to display your anger. So I can see it. That way I know you're with me. Yes. And that's... Like, like we've been saying, it's such a fine line, though. If you display it on there, what, what are, it's an attack on all of us. Anytime you see it, like it's an attack on consciousness. And um, what's behind, you know, these people that carry these acts out is like a freaking holy war. It's like, and, and it's like an attack on society and everybody overreacts to it. And everybody asks the question, how do we solve this? How do we, how do we move forward? And they cannot do that without displaying their anger. They can't do it. And as soon as you do that, now we're like a broken record. And that's the cycle we're in, the broken record. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, it's, it's a great example. Like there's, it's always like, greater manifestations of these concepts as you apply it out into the matrix and 
there's a lot of understanding you can you can get there but i i do think your ultimate understanding is a much more within type process in terms of like we we talk about the people and and we talk about the reactions and so like what is the answer in terms of how do you direct um more spiritual progression into the matrix i mean the only way to do it is to do it into yourself i mean there's there's no other option there's there's no discussing it i mean we're trying we're talking about it but i mean the the effect of like a podcast or even the great masters jesus christ himself the effect is not spiritual progression hits the world there is some effect of that but it's not that that effect will just fix everything that's wrong in the matrix the only way for the individuals out there to start understanding the progression is to turn around and point that progression inside. And that's where like you start to see and actually understand progression because my conscience before it's so funny. Like it was like something I kicked around. It was something that like I had its number. Like I hear your little whispers, but you are no match for my justifications and my justifications are going to allow for whatever selfish behavior that I want to engage in right now. Period. You're no match for me. You know, take your little voice and go away. That changes. That changes with real spiritual progression. And now what's so interesting to me is being committed to dream work and by that uh, mostly I just mean journaling of the dreams but what you can see is that the conscience is responding inside even if I don't understand that's me even if I don't have full consciousness in that dream as I journal down I can see oh my god the conscience is overriding the justifications I'm watching it when, as I wake up as a movie. I'm watching it looking back and just writing down what happened. But as I reflect on what I'm seeing, I'm seeing the conscience override the justification. And it's growing. It's growing in strength. The more I acknowledge it, the more strength it gains. And now you start to realize like, oh, I'm in control of that conscience not necessarily with action not necessarily with effort but with surrender and quietness divinity comes in and guides all on its own it doesn't require my effort it requires me to shut up my justifications it requires me to go quiet and as that grows, like, it's, it's crazy. I can see it building. And it's one of the ways that I know, because I, I think we get caught with, like, looking for these, like, grand mystical experience to, like, understand our own progression. But it's not always that. There's incremental growth that is real. It's like a balloon expanding. That, that way you would display it. As an image? Um, yeah, I mean, bec- yeah, it's the expansion of consciousness that's going beyond your own selfishness. So, yeah, that's a good way to... Well, as the, the balloon gets bigger, it just kind of smashes that out. But, um yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, you just you just pinpointed. I think that's what we do best. Is just, um, I mean, you you really pinpointed shadow work, like subconscious, like why you do shadow work, why why you um, have the discipline to make the impressions on the subconscious, because that's really what your your subconscious is being. Um, progressed 
the things during the day as as in the day as a night as as below as above you know like all that is turning whether you're um you know you are firmly applying effort and discipline during the day but that begins to take over at um night just as, as, as an example like when someone awakens that first week or two when you dream it's unbelievable like you you pretty much are uncapped because that subconscious during the day of that awakening is so beautiful and it mimics at night when you go to sleep like the kind of experiences you were having in those first whether you remember or not not you know a couple of them i think you remember but you were untapped consciousness that was all a reflection of the subconscious during the day so as you progress with discipline with um the subconscious work the shadow work you uh, are elevating yourself the consciousness is expanding i mean you're you're laying it out so beautifully there's there's two there's two options you know there's uh inflate or deflate ascension or descension justifications or no action like you're it's 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 all right there to plainly see that's what the path is. And the more discipline and concentration that you apply in meditation on your regimens, on your diet, um, there you just keep on ascending. Yeah. The, the conscience is a good gateway because it, starts to familiarize yourself with the conversation of divinity because i mean we have this idea of prayer and we have this idea of like what our relationship with god is supposed to be i know your yours and mine would go back to like you know church and the way we were raised but when you understand the conscience and you understand how the conscience is rising out of non-action what you start to realize is that you're having like a much more casual conversation with divinity at all times. It's, it's, it's every moment of every day that this conversation is going on. And anytime that you're, you're quiet and you're out of these justifications of selfishness, I mean, the conversation kind of automatically starts to slowly rise. And that's what leads to, bigger and better understanding. I one example and it's kind of a horrible thing to admit, but I think it's pretty relatable especially for males. I think it's um I I don't think I'm on an island here by myself, but when 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 you first examine your lust and you realize like, oh, like that's all I'm doing all the time is just analyzing my lust or justifying my lust like you can like if you go out throughout your day like it's just something's going on where you're just like you know is that an option is that not an option it's just constant right it's just you're always analyzing under those conditions it's gross um but it's just the way it is so what happens in your dreams I mean, that's what you're doing too. Except in your dreams, those justifications seem to pick up speed a little faster because you don't necessarily remember yourself as your life situation. So in your dreams, like, I'm not necessarily a family man. I'm not necessarily married. I don't necessarily have kids. Like, there seems to be, like, more of a green light system because, like, you don't remember that life situation the way that you do in the waking world. So it's just like, go. It's just this green light to progress. But what happens is, and like my few run-ins with the divine mother, and I don't mean to claim as if I'm running in, I'm just, my experience, the way that I'm interpreting what's happening is there's a divine presence inside of me that takes the form of a divine mother and the way that I've always related to her is 
I don't quite know I'm talking to her, but as we're talking, I'm gaining understanding that I'm talking to her. And she's thrown me some haymakers where there's, in my mind, there's no doubt that I was talking to some form of divinity there. Now, what's interesting lately is I'll, in my journal, interactions I have with female characters in my dream now, instead of that original question of justification, like, was this a situation for my lust to be um, expressed? That question has changed to, was I possibly talking to the Divine Mother? Even if there's not some kind of mystical. So it just happened to me the other night, and it was just some lady, and it was just a conversation. It wasn't it wasn't anything mystical. It wasn't, but I'm writing down the conversation I had with this lady. And as I'm writing the conversation down, the question, it's, the action, not action thing is kind of difficult to understand because I am in action. I am writing something down. But as I'm writing something down, you can kind of take us, you can take a stance of non-action where I'm not, putting any judgment or even trying to understand what I'm writing down. I'm just writing it down. And as I write it down, the question comes to my head, was that the Divine Mother? And then what I start to see is that I'm starting to ask that all the time. Every female character that I run across, I'm starting to ask, is this my Divine Mother? Now, this is interesting because this is, again, we're talking about what is spiritual progression, what is the expansion of consciousness. Now you can see it in your day, in the 3D. It's just a normal lady that I'm talking to all the time, but I'm starting to ask myself, am I looking at the Divine Mother? And that is a beautiful way to look at people in the three-dimensional. That... That's a beautiful way to understand everything because what, what the spiritual progression shows you with discipline and devotion is that there is divinity inside of me as, as an entity that is aware of me and also aware that I'm unaware of it most of the time. That's in me, and I know it, and it has different expressions of itself. The Divine Mother is one that I feel very comfortable with right now. But if that is true, that's also in everybody else. So every time you look somebody in the eye, there's two things happening. The life situation and the practical, my list my stress and stuff that I need to deal with right now in front of you and this interaction on a life situation way is happening at this very moment. At the same time, my divinity and their divinity are looking at each other and smiling and high-fiving. Like, I see you. I see you too. Yeah, that's very interesting as I examine, you know, some things that have happened to me over the last 25 years, but it seems you're obviously more present after you awaken. So your interactions with human beings are a little bit different. And I've had so many instances where, you know, you know, dealing with people you see for the first time, you know, your interactions, Obviously, you're really present, so your eye contact is good. You're actually a really good listener after awakening, so you're you're really in tune. I remember someone that's got a lot of mind activity, you know, and you know you're talking to that person, and they're they're not present, but you're talking to something. But there's been so many occasions where I'm talking to people, and they're after we've talked for maybe five minutes they they look into your eyes and say you look so familiar and i can't tell you how many times i've gotten that yeah i can't tell you how many times that i have seen a person that i have no 
clue who it is that says you look so familiar. And the only thing I can think of is that when you're in moments, even if you don't recognize someone, that both of you are present and you're you're both listening to each other, that you both recognize each other, and that you both have to come to the conclusion that you must have know each other. And I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I, I it's in in my situation, I would say it's it's almost as often as once a week. Right. That's how prevalent it is, and um, it always when I leave that conversation, it always leaves me wondering because I'm like, well, how does the where is the recognizability coming from? Like, and then try to say, well, I was here, I was there. Did you work here? Did you work there? You try to figure out where you actually saw the person. May not even be in the physical. Now, I always leave wondering, like, how many people have I actually met in the astral? How many people recognize me from that? How much do I not remember? Um, yeah, and that it's, it's funny. I think it explains it perfectly. I mean, because if if you just if you take like just you and I for an example, like my divine mother is my divine mother. Like she's exactly what I need to move forward in my spiritual progression. And then your divine mother is exactly your divine mother, exactly what you need for your spiritual progression. But at the same time, she's still just the divine mother. So she's actually like looking at herself through us. So yes, the the familiarity would be present. So double presence would like almost automatically equal familiarity. That's why like if if like out in nature, like it just happened to me yesterday. I was meditating and there was two blue jays. Here I go with my birdman stuff again. Two blue jays and they it was so close to me. It they landed like ten feet away from me, and he just looked up right at me, and we were just staring at each other. But so it's like cross species. It's familiarity. That's what's happening. He's locked in to. He's recognizing something of himself, and I'm recognizing something of myself. That's what that familiarity is. But in the 3D with the psychological matrix that people are in, that will just be spoken. Like, oh, you're familiar to me. Oh, I think I've known you before. All, they're just speaking the quiet feeling. But the bird will do it to you too. He's not going to speak it. Actually, he did speak it, to be honest. He did something with his mouth that I've never heard a bird do. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that familiarity, I think, is is just that. It's, it, it's the reality of the divinity in all of us. And then they, they do interact with each other. And the only thing it takes to start to realize that is practicing being more and more quiet. Don't be caught in all of the things that you're doing to justify your own selfishness all the time. Just be quiet and pick your head up, and now those moments are available. All good stuff, man. All good stuff. Um... I mean, I just go back to the state that, uh, I don't know why I always go back to this, but I, I wish we could run an experiment on, like, a massive experiment with a lot of people as far as seeing something bad happens and there's no action by anyone. And all I see is, like, when you do that, then divinity, like, automatically solves the problem right then and there, especially if you have a massive amount of people that that uh, the only thing I can compare it to is like that football game where that guy um, collapsed on the field. Yeah. And that was an awful situation. And the whole field like sucked in the air at the same time and they all got quiet. And 
that what happens when it changes, like, at least this country or the world for a couple days, like, everyone's reflecting. Everyone's reflecting, and nobody's really reacting in that. It's no anger or no... There's just, like, everyone's in tune with, is this guy okay? And there's no, there's nothing really attached to that. I'm maybe sad, but there's definitely no anger or, or anything like that. And, and th when that happened that night, I was glued to the atmosphere and the energy of what that was creating. I was glued to that energy. I wish we could do an experiment with other things, you know, and this is just a talking point. I understand it's um, a theory and somewhat far-fetched at this point to get a lot of people on the same page, but if you could do that with something tragic that happens and have the masses non-react and just let that energy kind of cultivate the answer, you know, I, I think that's how you move mountains at at that point. But it's just, man, you opened it up so well because what drives everyone is those justifications. Like everything, lust, anger, gluttony, like everything is driven by those justifications. But if, if for five or ten minutes we could run an experiment and see how how backwards everyone is, and, you know, they always talk about we're seeing what we're seeing in schools because they've taken God out of schools. They've taken the Bible out of schools. You know, maybe more so in the South than you hear it up in the North, but politicians or, you know, conservatives or right wing, uh, you know, everyone's always talking. We're seeing all this heartache and all these problems because they're taking God out of in a way, there has been somewhat of a breakdown of the family, and in a way that's true, but they relate it to, like, indoctrination and, and things like that. But it was, now we have more exposure. They're attacking us uh, at every freaking angle, and we have no idea how to defend it. It's such a holy war going on, but it, it, it's coming from every single direction and you know raising the bible in anger is not the answer like there's at some point there's got to be a breakthrough where everyone understands how do you let divinity in to solve the problem and i think at the beginning of the program you laid it out beautifully it starts with the individual and it starts with your consciousness of starting to override your justifications. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever heard, that's why I love this program so much. And even I, I like to listen to us as well, because I learned it's such a raw, you just described in the beginning how to inflate your consciousness and bring divinity to the center and push out justification. I mean, that's pretty, it's, it's unbelievable. And, but in a lot of things you'll hear, you know, truth and, 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 you know, being present and, and living that life. But I mean, you're getting raw accounts of like specific, um, areas to focus on, uh, to fix a lot of the heartache in yourself, but also spreading it to others to where, you know, we can start to solve a lot of the big problems. As, as long as people are getting angry and justifying that anger, where do we go from there? We just get more angrier. I, I think you're 100% correct in terms of what is possible in terms of, like, the projection of, like, these concepts out to, like, larger groups of people. And I think we can both see, like, obviously that's not happening enough. That guy who had the heart attack on the field is a great example. But there's there's lots of people that kind of understand these concepts, and they're, they're actually 
testing them in like auditoriums. I just read a book uh, last week. I'll send it to you on Audible. But that that work is being done. So like just projecting these concepts like in auditoriums and see if we can measure something in the auditorium. So, I mean, you're talking about 100, 200 people. I don't know. And see and actually getting scientific with it and see if they can measure certain like figure out all the all the variables we can measure and let's measure everything and see if we can start to witness changes in consciousness in the matrix. So that work is being done. And every time I read about it, I mean, it seems like it's going in the direction that we would expect. I mean, so I, I think this. I think the theory has been proved and all you would have to do is like push that out broad enough. And then yes, you would see the change that you're talking about in the overall matrix. But I think honestly, that's never going to happen. I mean, if you just, if you look at where things are, it's just the matrix has such a foothold now. And especially with technology, I mean, the spiral is going in the other direction. Now, that might sound pessimistic, but it's not as pessimistic as it sounds because one of the ways that my conscience is so clear to me is the contrast. That's what did it, is I can see what I used to do to the conscience and I can see how it operates now. And that that contrast supplies me with understanding. Now, all you have to do is, like, kind of look at the whole matrix, and then you can understand. Like, that spiral into hell is something, obviously, like, we're not hoping for. Nobody wants to see the suffering. But that's what's going to supply the contrast. That's what's going to supply the contrast of understanding. At some point when enough suffering has been had, the turn and the contrast is what brings the understanding. So it's just a matter of like when people want to understand the contrast. And what you can see now with the matrix is we're just getting so good at distracting ourselves that it's so easy to fall asleep to our justifications. Like we're we're justifying like scrolling on the phone for just five more minutes. I mean, we're we're just... It's just constant with everybody. The, the The route to everything is back to your own justifications of your own um, fulfillment of desires all the time. I mean, the whole system is working against you. But that's why spiritual progression is so fun in this day and age, because as soon as you take a stand against that, it's like you're standing in a river that's just flowing by you. And if, if you really make a stand, it's like, holy cow. Like, and then you witness the, the magnitude of the matrix that you're caught in. And so there's a good opportunity now with um, the way that this life situation is operating for all of us. I mean, there's there's a good contrast to be seen if you just can stop for a moment and breathe and try to be quiet. <clears throat> One of the uh, mental images I have is for Christianity. When you brought up going upstream, is the fish that is trying to swim upstream while the whole flow of the river is flowing towards him. And that was one of my huge moments when I talk about the backwards effect. Yeah. Like that image was a big part of it because when I realized everything was backwards, I was like, wait a second, you people are thinking you guys are swimming upstream? Right. <laughs> right. Just try to uh, try to experience, you know, a consciousness or, or have your wake up moment. And I, I was just looking back like, oh my God, are you kidding me? This is upstream. This is upstream. And, uh, just realizing that everything was backwards, that fish growing up. And I think it was actually where we grew up. It was painted on a wall somewhere, and that image is stuck in my head. Um, but, I mean, it's a very symbolic image. Um, 
it's uh, it shaped me into all the realizations that I have today, and and you know able to express it now. But man, what a what a mind job! <laughs> From the yeah, what a mind job! <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny now because it's it's that that action non-action and you said something recently and i'll set you up to hopefully say it again but in in the dreams like in understanding like the conscience the conscience coming through in the dreams like even though like i might not remember myself like the conscience is still there and operating in a stronger way than it used to but one of the things, it's weird, one of the things that conscience does that will kind of trip you up, and this is what spiritual progression is too, because it's like everything has to be reflected on because I can see it so clearly. So I had a dream moment. I had something really important that I needed to investigate, and there was a crowd of people, and the crowd of people moved me past this thing I needed to investigate. But what was happening inside of me was I was I was being considerate. I was being polite. And that politeness, it was taken advantage of. And they used that politeness. I'm talking about my own egos, my own eye, my own inner psychological system. It used that politeness to move me along, to move me past something. I didn't have enough awareness, enough consciousness to take a stand in that moment and understand something that was important. But you said something the other day, and I think you're directly on it, where you were talking about, because again, what we're, we understand that what we need to do is figure out behavioral discipline that we can do in the three-dimensional while we have our full conscious awareness, and then that will slowly start to seep into the dream world as well and then you said something recently that i thought was really good where you just stopped just stop can you explain what you were talking about are you talking about the 60s yeah 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 i actually picked that up in the last um group get together with with gene um the key assault to me was, um, especially now, like I pull up my phone and it says, am I awake or am I dreaming? And I look at it, it maybe as a split second. So that has, it maybe started out where I looked at it and I really said, am I awake or am I dreaming? Now I look at it um, and I and it's maybe a millisecond I put the phone down. I don't even, I don't even, I see am I awake and I'm like, yeah, there it is again. It's and then I put it down. So uh, there's an impactful uh, thing that that Gene was saying on there, and it really doesn't register in your subconscious unless it's uh, at least 60 seconds. If you think about that, 60 seconds is to get you in the subject object location, to get you in it. Like you, you have to break up your daily routine like uh like if you get out of the car and you're walking into a convenience store or you just stand at the door when you shut it for 60 seconds i mean that's a break that's a stop that's a um and you know really ask yourself because here's what happens in 3d you say am i dreaming no like you just convince yourself over time that of course I'm not dreaming. I'm in the 3D. I'm not dreaming. I'm not dreaming. Kia Soul is to tap into your subconscious. So it has to be meaningful. It has to be like at least 60 seconds where you stop that routine and stand. Am I? No. Am I really dreaming? Look around. Like look at your feet. Look all around. Look at the gas pump. Look at the truck. Look up in the sky. Am I dreaming? Like 60 seconds. And then that's the impactful nature. When I heard it, I was like, yeah, 
I've gotten really lazy with like Key of Soul because it's it's so easy to dismiss. It's like the, you're you're driving. Am I dreaming? No, I'm not. It's just easy. It's something easy to dismiss. So it's just an, it's it's the same thing as what we're talking about in meditation, concentration and discipline. You can't have a good. There's no reason to do Kia Soul a hundred times for one second. Does nothing. Does nothing because that's going to be like a little blip in your dreams. Like, you, you, am I dreaming? You may be looking at a Coke machine in your dream. Am I dreaming? No. Like that's the impression. So it's it's probably less of them, but more impactful. You know, break them up in your day. I mean, that's what I that's what I got out of that whole call we had. There's this one snippet that I thought, well. That was it. Was worth listening just to hear that. Um, but again, that that comes down to discipline and concentration. The same thing we've been talking. So you, it, it's funny because I don't. You remember, um, stopping before that because I know that it that had an impact on you when you heard about the sixty seconds when you were in that group. But do you remember you stopped before that? Yes. So there was a point in which I... Oh, just... hold on. So I, I, this is what I was talking about. But look at what we're... Like, that was first. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's so weird. Yeah. It's like that quiet reflection and, like, you get guidance in the direction. So look at all the follow-up, which you just went over, that you got from the experience that you had that actually was before that. Yeah. But yeah, I want to hear about that experience. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I just stood up and I just stood in one spot. You know, if you're spending time with your family at night, you get up and you go to get a drink out of the refrigerator, you just get up and that's the routine. And you start walking. <clears throat> um, my, I think my daughters are on the couch and Patty was sitting there. We were all together and I just stood up and I just stood there and I was... I was just kind of like standing there with a little mild rock back and forth and I was looking at my surroundings and I, I wasn't moving and I knew instinctively like I'm just going to ride this out, whatever this is. But I was doing a Kia Soul, but I had no intention of doing that. And uh, I just was sitting there looking at, you know, my daughters and, and Patty and, and actually as I was looking around and I was standing there, I couldn't help but notice that uh, my awareness was kicking in. I was like, I've gotten up and they don't even notice that I'm just aimlessly standing here. And I was, and then it became, well, this is going to be cool. I'll just stand here. And I wasn't, I wasn't like facing the TV or anything. I was in an odd direction. And I was like, well, we'll just presently stand here until someone <laughs> notices. And I think I actually had to say something before they even said anything. Uh, that was an interesting observation that day. Um, but yeah, and then things happen like that all the time, though. Like uh, we just talked about it before you awaken. Um, I don't. I, so many things are unexplained before we awaken. I know you don't remember a lot of the stuff before the conversations that we had but you know I, I would say for we talked a lot more than we ever did about two years before your awakening and it was on weird levels you know we would talk about this kind of stuff but almost like a as a predict prediction or like we knew something was coming we didn't have a clue what was coming down the pipeline. But in hindsight, like we were having conversations like, do you think it's possible that we can meet up in a dream? Before you woke up and before I even like investigated, like after I awakened, I never like um, investigated guys like Gene Hart. I was more on the conservative, you know, um, spiritual teachers that really didn't talk about astral projection. Whether or not they do that and they don't talk about it, I don't know. But if you can get into guys like Gene Hart, where they actually like, you know, mentors to help you 
get on that spiritual to mystical. I'd never been introduced or even went down that path. But we were having these in-depth conversations about meeting up in dreams and actually trying to do that. I don't know if you remember, but there was a couple nights where we specifically said, okay, at 11 o'clock, we're going to lay, lay down and, and in the mind's eye, concentrate. But we were all over something. And that was pre-awakening. Like things happening before that I I or I wouldn't say that you're you know, if you have the ability to see things that are happening, you but this is actually doing things and then in hindsight you seeing that something was going on that was causing you to act a certain way way before the fact. So I don't know if that gets better or more clear um, as we progress, but man, the things that have happened before and then after are pretty astounding when I look back. Oh.